everyone. We are here. We are back. And we are ready to go with a live edition of New Hope Radio. Thanksgiving week. And what a time it is. You know what's so great about Thanksgiving? It's a time of reflection. And I know we get very busy and, you know, sometimes that's the last thing we do, isn't it? Reflect. But I want you to know that this is a very good time of year to reflect on, you know, the blessings that we have the wonderful things that God has done for us, and there are so many. So we're going to speak a couple of days about gratitude, showing gratitude toward God for who He is, for what He does. It's so important. So I'm glad you joined me today here on New Hope Radio. going to take a look at an account in the Word of God, Luke chapter 17, something you're probably pretty familiar with, but that's okay. You know, I love to hear over and over again the wonderful accounts of the Lord's life. It's good to hear them and, and have them repeated. You know why? We get grounded. We want to get grounded in the Word of God. That's what you want to do. So, become, don't become like indifferent or familiar with the wonderful stories of Jesus' life. Because you know what? We want to know them inside, outside, backwards and forwards because they hold so many wonderful truths for each and every one of us. So we're going to look at a great one today. Luke chapter 17. Okay, that's where we'll be. We are on Facebook at New Hope Radio and we're on 1590 AM and 92.7 FM also. So I'm glad you're with us today. Well, like I said, showing thankfulness, you know, it's one of the most enjoyable and freeing and least expensive things that we can do. You know, it doesn't cost anything to show thankfulness because, well, there are so many ways that we can do it. Sometimes you do it with a handshake, with a smile with a kind word. Those things don't cost anything. And if you're a, oh, I like this. If you're a thankful person, you're a free person. You're free. Some people are in bondage and they're afraid to show thankfulness. Or maybe they're blinded. You know, you can be blinded to God and never be thankful to God. And we got them, don't we? Oh yeah, we got people in the world. They never give thanks to God because they're blinded to who God is and to what He does. So it's always enjoyable to give thanks because it reminds us of a good deed that was done. You give thanks to someone because they did something wonderful for you. Right? It reminds you of something nice that was done for you. It's freeing because you come out of yourself and you're thinking about someone else. It's inexpensive because like I said, many times a word of thanks, it's all that's needed. Now, there's a scene in Luke chapter 17 
where Jesus was actually looking for a word of thanks for some people. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus looks for thankfulness? He does. You know that he looks for his people to show him gratitude. He really does. Now, he wasn't looking for great fanfare here in Luke 17. He wasn't looking for people to put together a parade or name a building after him. Only a word, a word of thanks. So let's check it out, Luke 17, verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And they entered a village. And ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. Now, the reason they stood at a distance, because when people had leprosy, oh yeah, they couldn't get near anyone. The law said that they had to isolate themselves. They had to stand downwind from people. They couldn't go to the synagogue. Couldn't go to the temple. It was a life of isolation. So we got these ten men with leprosy. They're the only friends they have. Here comes Jesus, but they respect him, and they respect the law, and they're at a distance. But what they did do was, they raised their voices. Oh yeah, they're like yelling, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, they want to be heard. They certainly do. And you know, it's nice to see that there are some people that, when they're in need, they go to the Lord. These guys knew, hey, we got a problem. I know. Let's go to Jesus. See, unfortunately, there are many today, they don't. They don't go to the Lord. Oh, they go everywhere else to try to find some kind of help or relief or some solution. But man, go to God first. You know, I'm, even, I'm talking to God's people. Go to God's God first, because even God's people many times fail at that. They don't go to God first. They go to the telephone. They go to their best friend. They go to their therapist. But they don't go to God. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, (laughs) I love this. Go and show yourself to the priest. They didn't even tell him what was wrong. He knew. Jesus always knows What's wrong? Think about that. He always knows. There's nothing he doesn't know. He knows everything about you. You know, the Bible says he knows what you need before you ask him. Someone says, well, what do I have to ask him? Because maybe we need to hear it. We need to humble ourselves and ask. Like these men are, Lord, have mercy on us. They didn't give this big you know, theological explanation of what was going on in their lives. They just got, we need mercy. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't say, okay, come here. He didn't say, hey, stay over there. He didn't even say, like he said one time, go wash in the Jordan. You know what he told him to do? Go to church. That's a strange command. Go to the priest. Go to the synagogue the temple. Go where the priests are. You know, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus healed another man who had leprosy. 
And he said to him, See that you tell no one. Don't tell anybody what I did for you. But go, show yourself to the priest, present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony. So Jesus was abiding in the religious laws of that day. And why did he send all these people with leprosy to the priest? Because it was stated way, way back in Leviticus 14 that it was the priest who would pronounce the man clean. And then he'd make an offering on his behalf. So in order for someone with leprosy to get back into the flow of society, they had to be pronounced clean by the priest. And once he did, boom, they're in. Oh, you can go to church. You can go to the market. You can go hang out with your friends. You can get right back into the flow, the flow of life. But it was all up to the priest to examine the person and then pronounce them clean. The leprosy is gone. So notice what happened with these guys. As they were going, they were cleansed. See, when I read that, I'm thinking, wow, these guys went in faith. Because Jesus didn't heal them, and they looked at themselves, and then they said, hey, we're healed, let's go to the priest. They started walking to the priest before there was any sign of a healing. That's faith. Oh, these guys believed in Jesus. He said, go, and they went. There wasn't any evidence of their healing, but they went. That's faith. Sometimes we want evidence, don't we? We just have a hard time believing. We got to see something. We got to feel something. Not these guys. Okay. Hey, Jesus said, let's go to the priest. Let's go. As they were going, the healing oh, started to take place. The healing started happening. Well, Janine just checked in. I don't know. Where's all our Facebook friends today? Maybe because I've been gone for a week. They don't know I'm back. But hello, Janine. Now, we see the difference between the man who sees himself as a sinner and the one who does not. Here's what happened in verse 15. One of them, now there were ten, right? Okay. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, oh, you know what he did? He turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. He, 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 he interrupted his journey. The other nine, they're still going to the priest. But this guy, he says, oh, look at me. I'm clean. I'm going back to Jesus first. It was more important for him to go back to Jesus and thank him, get this now, than to be accepted back into the flow of society. Did you get that? It was more important to this man to go back and thank Jesus for what he did than to go back to the priest and accept it back into the flow of life. I think of the Great Tribulation. When the Tribulation comes and Christians have to go underground. And many of them will die for their faith. Many today die for their faith. Why? Because they won't compromise. They'd rather stay faithful and die than be unfaithful and live. 
So this man went back to Jesus. Oh, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. And then you know what phrase is added there? And he was a Samaritan. So we could deduce from this that there were ten men. One was a Samaritan. The other nine were Jewish. Oh, what does that mean? More was expected from the Jews. The Samaritans, you know, they were looked down upon. Sometimes Jesus would tell a story about a good person. And he would say, and that good person was a Samaritan. To kind of like humiliate the Jews, because the Jews had higher expectations and they didn't fulfill them. Remember the story of, yeah, the good Samaritan, right? The priest walked by the guy that was left dead, half dead and robbed. Scribe walked by, but another man came by that was kind and compassionate. And he healed up his wound, put him on his donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And Jesus said, and he was a Samaritan. To show that, man, that there are people that you would not expect them to be kind and nice. And then there are people that you would. You know, all people of God are expected to be kind and nice. Compassionate. Loving. Most are, and I'm thankful for that. But all should be. Every single one. Every single person that names Jesus Christ as their Savior should be kind and loving and compassionate and thankful. Oh, you got to be thankful. We're kicking off a whole season of thankfulness now. We're into Thanksgiving this week and then Christmas and then a brand new year with a brand new attitude and a brand new outlook toward life. This is a great time of year. And if you spiritualize it, You'll become a better person. So, more was expected from the Jews because the Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jews. And then Jesus asked the $64,000 question. He said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, huh? Where were they? Wait a minute. If I cleansed ten guys with leprosy, One came back. Where's the other nine? See, he expected them to come back and just say, thank you. You know, thank you is powerful. You you know it, right? You know when someone says thankful to you, thank, thank you to you, that's it. That's enough. That's good. And when you say thankful, thank you to someone, you've blessed them. And Jesus said, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He called him a foreigner. Someone that was like, you know, distanced from God. Samaritans were part Jewish, part something else. Whatever nation they lived in, they intermarried. Part Samaritan, I guess. They lived in Samaria. So he said, like, where's the other nine? Didn't uh, didn't anybody else come back and give glory to God except this foreigner? The one who I really, if I wouldn't expect anybody to come back, it'd be this guy. And he's the one that came back. Surprise, surprise. Janine said, 
Thankful in all circumstances. Well, that's true. Even Paul said it, right? Be thankful in all things. Not easy to do. That's why we have to grow in Christ. The more you grow, the more thankful you will be. So the man's bowing down, worshiping the Lord Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. And when, I, when Jesus said, Your faith has made you well, I think he's speaking beyond his physical healing. I think at that moment, he received a spiritual healing. He was forgiven of his sins. He was accepted into the family of God. Wow. Isn't that something to be thankful for? Isn't that something to be thankful for? I would say so. Are you kidding? Like, like, what is there in life to be more thankful for than to know that you're saved, you're in God's family, and you have a home in heaven? I'm like, nothing. That's, that, you know what? That's enough to make us thankful every day. I know there are things that get us down. There are things that make us sad. There are things that hurt us and give us pain. But we're thankful because everything that happens on the earth, it's temporal. Oh, but what God has done for us, it's eternal. It's forever. That's why we're so thankful. So what does this account teach us? What can we derive? See, it's good to read the Bible and then derive some beautiful personal principles for our own lives. It's good to do that. As a matter of fact, we should. We don't read the Bible for entertainment purposes. And we don't read the Bible for mere knowledge. Although the knowledge is important. But there's an end result. The end result is that we would have a changed life. See, the Word of God is powerful. And the intention is that as we get into it, the power of the Word changes us and makes us like Christ. That's the whole goal. You know, the Apostle Paul said, the goal of our instruction is love. When we're all done going to church, and we're all done learning, and we're all done growing, we should be loving, just like Jesus does. That's the goal. The goal is not to win every argument. The goal is not to prove the atheist wrong. The goal is to love. To love like God loved. How did God love? Oh, he loved us so much he sent his son. That's love. He sacrificed his own son for us. How did Jesus love? <laughs> he sacrificed himself for us. So it looks like, hmm, love and sacrifice seem to travel together, don't they? How do I know I'm loving? I'm sacrificing. That's how. Loving doesn't lord it over. Loving sacrifices. The depth of my love will be determined by the depth of my sacrifice. 
That's how we measure God's love for us. So we can never, we can never doubt God's love because we just look at the cross. There it is. There's God's love, the ultimate display of love, the cross. The depth of his love was demonstrated by the depth of his sacrifice. And the cross is the picture of that sacrifice. So with us, the depth of our love towards someone is demonstrated by the depth of our sacrifice to that person. And the more personal we are with someone, the more intimate, the greater will be the sacrifice. The more aloof we are with, with someone, well, the less will be the sacrifice because you don't know that person. I mean, holding a door open for a stranger is a small sacrifice. Staying up all night with a sick baby is a deeper sacrifice because you have a more of a relationship with that little baby. And you have a deeper love for that little baby or that person. So the, the deeper the relationship, the deeper the sacrifice because the deeper the love. So let's get back to what can we glean from this beautiful picture of healing and thankfulness. Number one, we are all in need of a touch from Jesus, all of us. Leprosy is symbolic of sin. We all have it, and we all need to be touched by the Lord. So no one is exempt from this. Okay? No one. Secondly, in your need for forgiveness, he's the one to go to. Only Christ can forgive sin and redeem us all. Only he can. So he's the one we go to. We don't carry out rituals. We don't do pilgrimages. We don't do acts of service. We go to Christ and we seek forgiveness. And there's our cleansing. Thirdly, his compassionate heart will meet you right where you are. See, when Jesus saw the lepers, he didn't say, okay, wait there, I'll be right over. And he didn't say, come a little closer. He met them right where they were. He said, okay, I'll meet you right where you, you you're You're in the place that I can heal you right now. You don't have to move. You don't have to go somewhere. You're in the right place. And that's what God does. He meets us where we are. He doesn't say, well, you know, there's three things you got to do or two places you have to go. He meets us where we are. And that's good because <laughs> there's nothing we could do. Number three, did I say three? He meets you where you are. Number four, you know what Jesus is looking for in return? A show of gratitude for what he's done. That's all. And when you, do, I mean, come on, when you do something for someone, what are you looking for? Appreciation, right? Did you ever say to yourself, I'm not doing anything for them anymore because they don't appreciate what I do? Probably said it about your kids a hundred times, right? They don't appreciate me. I'm not doing anything anymore. Why? Because appreciation is big. Gratitude. It's important. We like it. It shows that what we did was worthwhile. You know, we, 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 the, the good things that we do, it's just a confirmation that it was received as a good thing. That's why we like thankfulness. 
That's why you always want to be thankful to someone that's done something for you. Send thank you cards. Be expressive. Find ways just to show that you're grateful for who they are and what you've done for you. I think we're living in an age when when children are not taught to show gratitude and thankfulness. They're not being taught. And that's something every parent should teach every child. Show gratitude. Show thankfulness. Show appreciation to the people that help you and that are there for you. And it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Like I say, words are free. They're free. A thank you. Someone says, that was a nice song you sang. You know what you say? Thank you. Sometimes I think we over-spiritualize compliments. Well, you know, it wasn't me. It was the Lord in me. No, say thank you. We know it was the Lord in you, but God gave you a talent. So just say thank you. That was a nice thing you did. I appreciate that. Oh, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. No. Thank you. Thank you. That's all. Jesus expects gratitude. And gratitude is something, you know what, in our human frame, we do too. We do too. It what makes it, you know what it does? It motivates us to want to do more. It does for me. If someone's appreciative of what I do, I want to do more. But if they're not appreciative, you get to a point where it's like, ah, eh, not that you don't want to help them, but you feel like it's been received because they appreciated what you did. That's all. He appreciated what you did. So gratitude goes a long way. So here we are, Thanksgiving week. Let that be the number one attitude of your heart. Be grateful. Try to forget about all the negative things. Try to forget about all the letdowns this week, all the broken dreams, the things that didn't go your way. Just push those aside and be grateful and be thankful and be humble. And you know what? You look to God. Point to God, because that's the object of our gratitude. He is. God is the object of our gratitude. As long as you've got the Lord, you've got a lot to be grateful for. For those that don't have the Lord, you know what? They have a lot to be grateful for too, but they don't know it. They don't know it. They don't know. One day they'll find out. One day they'll find out. I want to thank you for coming along. We're going to be on this theme tomorrow because it's something we really need to get our soul in line with being thankful this week. So join me tomorrow, okay, here on New Hope Radio. Have a great day, and I'll see you then.